0: Hey, so my name's PJ, uh, it stands for Paul Joshua. Uh, I live in Sydney, as Liam said, and uh, I'm just, yeah, just got my daughter Adelaide here. She's a the, she's the cute girl, there she is, up there. Um, I, I don't know how I do anything, oh, she's my first, first kid, she's my daughter, and I don't know how I do anything else, I am just done with, with all the other stuff. <laughs> my wife, Michaela, is somewhere, where is she? There's my beautiful wife, Michaela, love you, Michaela, she's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I should probably, uh, should probably start talking about the Word of God. Um, just kidding, we're not really in a rush when, when we want to hear what God's up to, hey. We can wait on the Lord. Yeah. I just felt to pray uh, Ephesians 3 over us this morning. You know, those, those prayers of the apostles, you can, you can apply so much faith to these prayers. It's a, it's a prayer in the Bible, so it's, it's God's will revealed on the earth. And uh, when we're praying and it's according to God's will, we can just be absolutely certain that it's true. This is absolutely the will of God for our lives. And when it's a prayer like this, it's, it just feels almost just impossibly good. But it isn't. It's possibly good. This is the truth. This is the, this is the will of God for our lives. That's how good he is. Check out the will of God for our lives. and More than that, check out what he's asking us to believe for. Check out what he's... And I'm just going to pray it over us this very morning. We're going to pray it together and just add our faith to this. This is God's will revealed for my life. This is what he wants to do. This is what he will do. I'm just going to add faith to it. For this reason, I bend my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. That he would grant you, Lord, thank you that you give us this. This is from you, Jesus. This is your gift. Lord, according to the riches of your glory, it's a gift that's grounded and established from your glory. Lord, we didn't earn this. This is you. That we would be strengthened with power through your spirit in our inner selves. Father, thank you that you have strengthened us with power through your spirit in our inner selves. Lord, so that Christ Jesus may dwell in our hearts through faith. Jesus, you dwell in our hearts through faith. Thank you, God. We believe you live in our hearts. Jesus, we believe that you live inside of us. We believe it. Lord, where we go, you go because you live in us. When people meet us for the first time, they meet you, Jesus. They see you in us, Jesus. You live in us. And that we, being rooted and grounded in love, Lord, established, built up on love, in love, by your glory, by your granting, by your grace, that we could comprehend. Lord, let us comprehend. Let us fathom it. Let us understand with all the saints. Let us get it together. Lord, let all of us as one body get this. The width and the length and the height. And the depth of your love, and to know the love of Christ, which goes beyond knowledge, and that we would be filled to all the fullness of God. We will be filled to all the fullness of God. We will be filled. With all the fullness of God, together, we will be filled to all the fullness of God. Thank you, Father. We just say yes like little children. Thanks for that. That's amazing. We love you, God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I love the Word of God. (laughs) with faith hallelujah you guys doing all right it's been a it's been a good start um i just want to um i'm talking today uh, i saw the lord just gave me a specific thing he wanted he wanted me to talk about feelings and i I asked him if it was okay to, to talk a little bit about thoughts as well thoughts and feelings and uh it's not my usual jam um but it's good. It's good for us to talk about that. Uh, it's born out of, like I, like Liam said, I, we disciple a lot of people and just in different, different ways and there's grace on that and it's a real privilege. And uh, we are like, we're, we're similar to this place. We are pro-encounter. We're pro-encounter. We're for the manifest presence of God. Um, but you'll find in the kingdom, it's, it's a both thing. We, we, we've seen it with young folks especially. Manifest presence of God, People with, with a leg that's grown out and then the next week they, they're off and they're doing drugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like it, there's the manifest presence of God, but there's also the things that we can learn through his word and his presence that carry us as individuals in our day-to-day walk with God. Just right now in this season where he's, where he's got me out, I'm just all about that end of things. The good news in a church like this is, I don't have to touch too much on how the manifest presence of God is still a legitimate and necessary expression for the church. Am I right? That's just every day here, so it's just established. Let's just, and, and, but it's cool because it, it sets us up to understand that we need to look at a full picture with God and we need to sort of get away from like the, the, the or thing, like the either or thinking. Uh, Here's a question. This this is fun, I think, for people. Um, So there's a child and they fall, your kid, let's say you're a parent. Your kid has fallen into a ditch. Do you jump in and help him out? Or do you say, hey, son, get up and get out of here? Which one? Who's for the, like, jump in with them and help them? Because they, yeah, makes sense, right? Because they might not be able to get out. They might be too afraid. They don't know how. They're worried. Who's, Who's standing at the top of the ditch calling them out? makes sense right because what if you disempower them what if they could get out yourself but then you teach them that they can't because they need you see how it's both it's not and or you know marketing has got a lot to answer for i'm just this little rant, side rant for free um marketing has got a lot to answer for because what it does is it says here's the problem 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 eh, but we are the solution you know what i'm saying Like create a dramatic problem big enough and then people will buy the solution off you because they feel like they need it. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes as the church we do that. It's awful. (laughs) We need peer-to-peer evangelism because the stadiums never follow people up. You know know what I mean? No, we need both. (laughs) Stadiums are awesome. (laughs) When 10,000 people give their lives to the Lord, I'm pretty sure the kingdom has come to the earth. (laughs) Right, like let's fill our churches with that and let's disciple people really well. Yeah, so he's got me just thinking this way with our thoughts and our feelings. And I'm just going to, it's just fun, I love doing this. We're just going to get thoughtful and just talk about the nuances of walking out of life. Where it, we're in the 21st century, so we're, we're um, like it or not, we've been culturized. We've been, I don't know, too strong a word to say indoctrinated. But we think like the culture of our time to some extent because we were born in it. So nuance, understanding the ways of God will help us to get out of that. Think think kingdom, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. but, But run this race well, where we don't feel that to establish the truth on the earth, we have to disregard other things, which just might be God as well. Do you know what I mean? Do you know how we go from glory to glory? We build on top of things. We don't have to tear down to build up. That's the world has to do that. We can build on stuff and take the richness of all of it, and then we'll, we'll land at a healthy place. You'll see where I'm going. But, but bottom line is, if we, if we talk about the things that are a bit whack at either end, we'll, we'll probably understand that why it's a bit of this and a bit of this, and the truth's amazing. Hallelujah. Let's go. Mark chapter 12, the scriptures. Context is, uh, there's a whole lot of Pharisees and scribes and stuff, and they're really not... They're not going well in their attempt to trip up Jesus in his logic. Who'd have thought you can't outsmart God? I'm starting at verse 28. Uh, One of the scribes came up and heard them arguing, and and he recognized that he had answered them well. Jesus had answered them well. He said, what commandment is foremost of all? And Jesus answered, well, the foremost is, hear, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, you should love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, "Well said, teacher. You have truly stated that he is one and there is no other beside him, and to love him with all your heart and with all the understanding." And with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered intelligently, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And then no one dared any longer to question him. And Jesus responded and began saying, as he taught in the temple, how is it that the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself said, In the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself called him Lord, so in what sense is he his son? And the large crowd enjoyed listening to him. I just want to talk about thoughts for a moment, our thought life, our our mental capacity and our intellect, our thinking life. Jesus was quoting uh, the Shema. You guys probably know the Shema. Very famous uh, scripture in Israel. Why don't we just read it real quick, actually. That's probably a good idea. The Shema is a really famous passage in, in Jewish culture, in, in Hebrew culture, because the, the instruction was to say it every day as you leave the house, as you return. Or you might even put it on a thing like a phylactery, a weird thing where they write the scriptures on themselves, write it on their doorpost. This was really central Um to the Israelite people. And Jesus answered, this is the most central. Here's what the Shema says in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. It says, hear, Shema, hear, Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall repeat them diligently to your sons and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. I mean, we could just stop there and just, lah on the Shema. <laughs> wow, that was bad. Um, <laughs> we could just meditate on the Shema. It's amazing. But one, I just want to point out one thing as we just contemplate our thought life for a moment. To love your Lord God with all your mind was added in the New Testament. Love your Lord God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength was the Shema in Deuteronomy. But Jesus adds, well, either way you split it, if you've got a, like a canonical view of the, the word of the, of the Bible, that everything in the Bible is exactly the way Jesus intended, that's how I hold it, then it means Jesus interpreted the Shema and he added the mind. Kind of tells us that using our mind is a big deal to Jesus, a big deal in the kingdom. Even if you don't, the, the, the New Testament authors apparently thought it necessary to put an additional word in to describe the way that the heart of, of the Shema was written in Deuteronomy in Hebrew. Either way, what, what the Word of God is telling us is that to love the Lord our God with our mind is so crucial. In fact, in that same verse, the scribe begins to get understanding, and then Jesus compliments, his, compliments him. He says, You've answered intelligently. The kingdom of God is near you. There's something of, of answering with wisdom and intelligence that brings the kingdom of God to the earth. And I just want to talk about a couple of things that I'm not saying, but it's just so helpful in a, often in a, in a charismatic environment, just real healthy, just to talk about what it is to love the Lord your God with all your mind, with your thought life. And more than that with your intellect. Because I think, I think the problem sometimes is we walk into born again. And you guys have been taught righteousness, I believe, really well. Liam's one of the most prolific teachers on righteousness, I think, in this country. It's, it's amazing. The truth is we became righteous and the old man died and the new creation has come. Am I right? You guys with me? Yeah. New creation. Guess what happened to our intellect? It got redeemed. It's true. Guess what happened to our thought life redeemed? We, we literally, we would never identify, hopefully in, in a place like this, we would never identify with the old man and say, oh, look, I'm still a lousy sinner. I don't have the ability to do that. And identify with the flesh because we read Romans 6, right? And the old man was crucified and it's now Christ and me and me and Christ and we're just one, right? But how often do we go, oh, Lord, get my ideas out of the way so you could come? That's the old man. <laughs> the old man had the bad ideas. The new man's got a redeemed mind. Yeah. Who's been given the mind of Christ? Who might have a couple of good ideas for the world right now? Yeah. Christianity is good to start out childlike and remain that way in the realm of faith. Lord, I need you for everything. But it's wacky if a 17-year-old says, Lord, you tell me what to eat today. Or "Mum and dad, you tell me what to eat today. Why are meant to grow up into him in all ways? Why we start out going, Lord, tell me everything and I'll yield? It, the foundation is obedience. Yes, yes, yes. But who wants to build on that foundation? Who wants to move from like, I'll just do whatever God says, because that's foundational. Yes, do whatever God says. Amen, hallelujah, selah. <laughs> but who thinks God might have wanted us to bring our minds into the game? Do you remember that unprofitable servant? You only did what you were told, you unprofitable servant. There's something of this age and this time where the Lord wants us to become mature in him, bringing to him, bringing to the body of Christ, the very best of our thinking the very best of our ideas and to bring our ideas to him in obedience, in submission, in yieldedness, but tell him, Lord, I've got an idea for this part of the world. I've got an idea for Victoria. I've got an idea for Melbourne, Lord. I've been thinking and whiteboarding and strategizing, not dirty words in the kingdom. (laughs) I've been planning and mapping out and contemplating and praying and seeking and fine-tuning and iterating plan I want to bring for the kingdom of God to come to earth Lord let's do this let's co-labor as opposed to ah oh, because sometimes it just I've been just environments you know sometimes it's good meaning beautiful loving people just get to think the highest place in the kingdom is to say I don't do any of that I just do what he tells me I'm not talking about disobeying I'm not talking about he's still the shepherd he's in charge but we were created for way more than being robots. Parents in the house, how good is it when your kids come and tell you awesome ideas and you sit with them and they share and you're like, yeah, let's come on. I want to cheer you on. Fathers like that. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. The word actually for mind, it's cool because it's the thing we're talking about at the start. The word for mind actually, it's like um, dia. let's find it. I'll use my, my brain at some point. <laughs> Dianoia. It means kind of like to use the mind and, and the dia is particularly moving from side to side. What it's sort of describing is to contemplate the issues of life from these angles and not land on one side of a of a of a God-sized pattern and then just pick that side and to the exclusion of the other. This is This dianoia, this loving the Lord with our mind and loving his body, loving the body of Christ with our mind is going to be so helpful because as this tidal wave comes, there's going to be a whole lot of different people doing different things in the body of Christ probably that he's calling us to and our stuff might look different to somebody else's. It's really good not to just try and build something up at the cost of something or at the cost of someone. Let's be people who go, yeah, as long as you're, if that's the Lord for you, go for it. And we're just in this lane, and we're going for it too. Hallelujah. I think we're on the same page. Hallelujah. What it's not, just a couple of thoughts about what this isn't. It's not mindlessness, and on the other side of things, it's not uh, intellectualism, academia. It's not like, you know how knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. There's a real difference between redeemed intellect and the, the arrogance of men. Just read 1 Corinthians 2 right through. Paul just outlines this. You know, we didn't come with persuasive words, cleverest persuasive words. It's not usually academic so much as like you know, Jesus walking with fishermen and trades and, and, and doing life in a, in a simple kingdom powerful way. Usually you can tell the difference because with, with sort of unredeemed intellect, it's lots and lots of fancy words that don't actually say much. And in the kingdom, it's real basic simple words that say everything. That's, that's what I've noticed to be the difference. So let's just love the Lord with our mind. Hallelujah. The Lord gave me grace to talk about that because he really said talk about feelings. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but, it, but, I, but I love this topic and he, um, and he, sort of let, he gave me permission. Oh, just w- one freebie as well. This is just fun. Do you remember how they were, they were quizzing him and he says, yeah, but David said to my Lord, sit at my foot, footstool, you know, the, the part where he rebukes the guys for their wrong thinking. Just a final line in that. but I'll just do it better justice than what I did. Uh, how, David himself said in the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So in what sense is he his son? And the crowd enjoyed listening to him. I think there's something about men and women of God who will use their minds to present the truth and tear down proud and arrogant arguments that build themselves up against the kingdom of God. Did you notice the crowd loved that? They didn't hate it? I think there's a call to bravery in this culture. I think there's actually a call for men and women of God to stand up boldly, intelligently, bravely and courageously and say, Guys, the emperor's got no clothes on. This is, this is absurd. Like what you're talking about is actually like, I love you, but this isn't right. Here's why it's not right. Don't just, here, this isn't right. And you're shunned. No, this isn't right. And here's why. And if you would, if you would step within the boundaries of reasonable discussion, not grow into, not jump into like canceling me or whatever, we could actually talk this through. And the people watching on, they'll love it. People love this guy, Jordan Peterson. Why? Because He's courageous. Because he says the emperor's got no clothes on. There's a people being raised up to stand up and to speak up. And the onlookers, the rest of Australia, middle Australia, could I say it that way? They're waiting for an alternative because there's no alternative narrative. There's literally no alternative. So people don't want all the weird ideologies out there. They don't want that. They just don't know that there's an alternative. So let's pray. I think we need to pray. Liam, would you just pray for us over this? Yeah, Father, we just pray for our state. We pray for our, for, for yeah for those that are, are called to step up, those that are called to speak out, those that are called to be bold. We pray for an impartation of boldness right now, over not just people in Victoria, people in Australia, the nations, Lord, that there would be a um, yeah a cleverness of speech. There'd be a cleverness of, of a demonstration of power, but there'd also be an impartation of boldness, Lord. The Whitfields, the Wesleys, the Wilberforces, Lord of old, these people that stood up and spoke out when things were wrong, and then there was grace for it to back it up. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Feelings. We are to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart and soul. The The Hebrew word for soul in the Shema, it's nefesh. It means something like appetite or emotion or desire. We, we are to love the Lord with our emotion. Yeah. This seems, I don't know, I, I don't hear too much teaching on this, but um, some of the stuff I've heard, and it, it, there could be really good stuff out there, I don't see everything, but some of the stuff I've heard on this, just it, it, this, there's got to be a middle ground, like a really wise middle ground about our feelings and how to love the Lord with our feelings. Love the Lord with our soul. In fact, it's more than just our feelings, it's actually with our personhood. Love the Lord with our, with our soul, this word suki, the Greek word, where we get psyche from, it's actually probably best defined as our unique personhood, a very specific personhood, like who I am as an individual. That's how I'm to love the Lord. The first thing I love about that, the first thing just worth talking about, is that um, you're probably not meant to love the Lord the way Liam does or the way I do. We find young people, because you know that you probably know the drill, I can skip all of this, you know, like everything is about your own personal encounter with the Lord. Like come to church, that's essential, it's God's plan, but it, it ought to look like something on your Tuesday mornings and your Wednesday mornings to have personal encounters with the Lord. So we, we teach this, we've taught this for years, but what God is doing right now is, because people are learning and growing and all of that, Who know, you guys know when you spend time with the Lord in His presence, going after His Word, in prayer, worshipping Him, communing, you you know, you see and behold the glory of God and you're transformed into that same image from glory to glory, right? But many people are saying, look, every time I go to do that, the Lord takes me on this sidetrack. I'm not sure if I'm getting distracted. And I'm counselling some people and myself as well and saying, that's not a distraction. That's your unique personhood, being taken to the Lord in a different way. For me, it's, it's super strange sometimes I'll be encountering the Lord and he'll say, I want you to get up and I want you to go plan this thing. And in a time gone past, I would have thought the Lord, like I just got distracted. I should have been having my worship and my word reading time and now I'm at a spreadsheet getting excited for the next project. Gosh, I've fallen into works. I've fallen from grace. I'm like foolish Galatians, foolish PJ. What are you falling for? You're working for it. No, it was the Lord. <laughs> it was. Because he, he knows I'm a, Creative being, kind of apostolic in calling. Like, I love projects and doing stuff. And certain times, because he wants religion dead in my mornings, he just calls me into that. Do you know, other times, this is cool. Other times he says, I want you to go back to sleep in my arms. Hallelujah, who wants that one? (laughs) That's the best one. (laughs) Other times he says, Go surfing. What? Really, Lord, I thought we were having time together. Yeah, because he wants religion dead. We're all different. What if it's painting? (laughs) What if like, what if he's teaching you for the 24 seven encounter? Yes, there are spiritual disciplines. I'm not disregarding those, we gotta have them. It began with me, for me it began reading the Bible every single day according to a Bible in a year reading plan, I never missed a day. I'm on a foundation, right? I'm not skipping that. But I'm saying, as you've built on that foundation, listen. Because you're unique. Your expression unto the Lord is different to mine. Your creativity is different and your relationship with him is different. A fun one, just wake up with him and sit in silence until he tells you what you're doing that morning. It's a good one. You might need coffee though. (laughs) I do. So we are to love the Lord our God with our emotions. I'll get to emotions in a little um, just on that for a sec, it, it really is um, It really is important to understand like what this isn't. Here's what it isn't on, on one end of things. Um, we have emotions. We're created with them. I'll touch on that in a minute. But we're not to be led by them. They're awesome indicators on our dashboard, but they're rotten steering wheels. And I, we do have to address that. We do have to address the... the um, the culture of the day which is led by feelings. For young folks in particular, I don't know if it's everywhere and everyone, but but it's like if I'm feeling it, I'm in. Or if it if it feels good, I'm in. We the, the devil is so obnoxious. We've had people who are like, Yeah, but I just felt when I came to church, I started feeling anxious. So I, I stopped coming. I'm like, Oh, we need to talk. <laughs> I wonder wonder where that came from. (laughs) Where would it come from that you feel anxious around the thing that's going to help you grow? Oh, oh, there is a devil. He's a liar. Oh, okay. Yeah. But what it reveals, (laughs) what it kind of reveals is that until you establish faithfulness as a principle that you walk by, uh, the devil will just rinse you with feelings. Like if you get led by feelings, his job is, his playbook is so simple just whack them with bad feelings around all the things that are good for them. Then they'll be isolated and alone in no time. So you've got to deal with not being led by feelings. Here's why I, it always feels good for me in church. It could be why. There's probably lots of reasons. But I resolved years ago that what my, what my habits were, my faithful habits were. You know, the a fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. It's not a human decision. It's a fruit of Holy Spirit. And faithfulness in my life looks like I go to church every week. <laughs> that's, not even a que- that's not even on my radar. That's not even a question. I don't even think that through. The only time I don't go is if I'm too sick to go or I'm interstate or something. That's it. I, I go to a Bible study every week and I wake up and I have my Jesus time before I do my other things. Of course, there's the odd exception, but that's- these are just established. They're just the faithful habits of my life. I don't even need to think about them. Why doesn't the devil make those feel bad for me? Because it won't work. <laughs> so... In order to move past being led by feelings, we need to make a decision, I'm living by faith and I'm living by faithfulness. That's the, that's the foundation piece for all of this. Then you're safe to have notice of feelings because you're not going to make your decision on base, like I feel anxious. I feel triggered. I feel sad. I, what, you know what I mean? I'm probably, probably preaching to the choir here. You guys already, you're in church and you're happy. So I, yeah, anyway, <laughs> but it's, it's good. You might be discipling someone in this at some point. Feelings are awesome, they're just not meant to be leading you. They're good servants, good slaves, terrible masters. Yeah. The flip side of that is, just the other thing that this isn't. Um, sometimes, especially in charismatic circles, um, sometimes feelings, emotions, can be viewed as a problem to be solved by a spiritual encounter. Sometimes we try and solve emotions, as in that, like they shouldn't be there. And sometimes we even get a bit of like, like the evil one gets in, there's a bit of shame with it. Like I had a strong feeling and now I'm ashamed because I thought I was like mature. That could not be further from reality as well. Um, That's what we're gonna now focus on. Just why did he give us these feelings? You just process that in your mind for a second. I'm made in his image. And I have anger. I have the capacity to be angry, sad, apprehensive, all of that. I'm made in God's image with the capacity for emotion because that's how he wanted it. And God expresses emotion often. Jesus wept. It, finally, Jesus wept and he knows Lazarus will rise again from the dead. He's not even going to die. But It's so important to Jesus to connect with compassion to what's just happening in that moment. If anyone could have said, you know, you quote Thessalonians, first Thess- Thessalonians 5, always be joyful, never stop. It, it wasn't written then, but Jesus would have known the heart of that scripture. Ignore that little problem. You get what I'm saying, right? Always be joyful. But he wept. It's angry. A healthy place for us to come to is to understand that God gave us feelings. And then you can begin to process, well, why? Why do I have the capacity to have big feelings? We know they're not a problem, but they're not a leader. What are they good for? Well, I want to explain why they're there. the simplest thing ever and you'll go oh yeah and you probably already know we have feelings because that will augment our relationship with god the reason we have feelings is so that we could experience one another god and us and us and god we have feelings for intimacy with the father and also intimacy with one another you know that um, those close friends, like the ones who you just know really well, and it would just be super weird to try and hide or mask your feelings from that friend. First of all, because they would probably know anyway. But second of all, because that's the safe and beautiful and wonderful place where you get to let those feelings come out and how healthy that is. And you notice how it doesn't separate you, but it brings you closer you notice how a sincere and authentic expression of what we're feeling is actually like glue in a relationship? And what it demonstrates is trust. It actually demonstrates I trust you and I know you love me and I love you too. That's why we've got them. That's why he gave us these wonderful things. They, They actually serve a purpose. Like every emotion you have is not something that you're like, oh, I had this real strong feeling. I've got to pray because I've got to like get this feeling away. I've done that heaps. (laughs) Isn't that so silly? I've got this feeling because I want to go to the Lord and work it through. And the ultimate reason I've got it is to draw me into him. So he's the one I process with. He's the one I talk to. He's the one I share about all this with. He's the, one I, he's the one I dialogue with. The reason you probably, like, just look at on the human level for a sec. Am I okay? Are you guys with me? Is this like we're on the same page? Hopefully. Um, the reason as humans we have these emotions and they're real healthy, actually emotions are actually in our lives so that we would defend our connection with one another. They're actually instruments to help us stay connected. Why do we get angry? What's the purpose of anger? Can be injustice? Defense? Defense, yeah. Cross boundaries, totally. Yeah. Anger is an essential emotion because it helps us to defend the boundaries that we've put in place to have healthy relationship within. I don't get angry because it's unhelpful. I get angry because a boundary was crossed and if you keep crossing that boundary, I can't have you this close anymore, and I want you close. So the reason I'll address that is because I want connection with you. I want to be like this far away, but if you keep crossing that boundary, it's not safe to be this close to you. I've got to step back, and I don't want to step back because I want you. It's the purpose of boundaries. It's the purpose of anger. Defend that. Imagine, imagine America doesn't get angry about the boundary crossing in World War II. How does the world stay connected under Nazi Germany? That's a big picture example. But you get what I'm saying? It's good to get angry in a healthy way and not sin. Guys, just, this is probably really obvious, and I told you it's a bit nuanced. No one wants to be angry all the time. <laughs> we shouldn't be emo- like hyper-emotional and stressed and angry. And worried. That's just, there should be little things that pop up occasionally. Joy is our portion. Freedom, happiness, love. We shouldn't be looking for this stuff. But just when it comes up, it's probably time to connect with someone, have a conversation, draw in. Hey, by the way, when you did that, I felt this, and I don't want to feel this. Can you just help me understand what's going on? Can we just talk this through. It's good. It helps you. Sadness. Why do we experience uh, grief? Sadness. Loss, because loss happens. Do you know that grief actually shortens the grieving process? Do you know the, Hebrews teach, the Israelites teach us so much about this? What do they do when someone dies? No one goes to work for two weeks. It's sackcloth. It's ashes. It's festivals of wailing and weeping out loud. These are God's people. That's a good expression of grief. Why? Because after the two weeks, you're ready to kind of, wow, I've really processed a lot. We kind of learnt like the Winston Churchill, British Empire thing, stiff upper lip, don't really reveal it. it just, all it means is we carry grief longer. And do you know what the, the sad thing about where we don't like e- express emotion healthy? That's where, that's, that's where passive-aggressive comes from, which is the worst. It's the worst. No, it's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I won't, you guys know what fine stands for, right? Anyway, we won't talk about that. It's true. So we're meant to have these, um, these experiences of emotion. We're meant to notice what they are, and they're meant to lead us into process. With the Lord, man, oh man, these things are helpful for us in our connection with God. Remember when in Mark 10, Jesus says, unless you come to me like one of these little children, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Just pause on, on that for a moment. Just in the, in the context of emotional expression with sincerity, how how do children go at masking what they feel? <laughs> Daddy, I'm sad. I'm hungry. The wind blew. I'm whatever, right? <laughs> but parents, how do you feel when your kid comes to you with that sort of thing? Are you disappointed? Do you love being able to talk them through that, coach them, instruct them, help them, guide them? That's the father towards us. Come to us, like come to me. Not stay childish. Don't be led by it. And. All parents, you're going to have to deal with hissy fits if they you know do it too much. But where there's a sincere expression, hey, this is what I'm feeling, it's beautiful. It builds connection. That's what we're that's what we're meant to do with the Father, Lord. I'm coming to you because I don't know why I'm. Feel- I, I do this literally all the time. I literally do this all the time. I, we sold the house I lived in for like forever. Most of my adult, most most of my life, childhood and, and a fair bit of embarrassingly a fair bit of adult life was in this house I grew up in. And um, we sold it. it. sold. It's like the end of an era. And I just got my daughter Adelaide and put her on my hip. And I just walked around our house. It went into every little room and just wept and wept and wept. Memories were flooding back. And I was praying the whole time, Lord, I love you. Thanks for this. You put me in the best house. And I felt sad. And it wasn't a problem to solve. That was what I was meant to feel, and I didn't need to go on a prayer thing. Oh, I've been feeling sad. I must be believing some lies. Nope, <laughs> I was a, I was healthy emotional. That was healthy emotion. It was beautiful. Then I mean, the house is sold and it's all good. I'm not sentimental or anything, but it was like I was just such. I'm so glad I did that. Do you know Israel does, does this a lot? Check this out in, in Psalm 106. Nevertheless. He, capital H, God, looked at their distress when he heard their cry and he remembered his covenant for their sake. God's built our relationship with him so that our emotions with him actually pull on his heart and they change things. Isn't that cool? We're meant to come to him. I'm going to wrap up with a final thought. Just to, It's like a practical thing. I don't know if you guys do music at the end or whatever, but you can get ready now. <laughs> or not, it's cool. Um, each, each moment that we're walking around in our day and we begin to feel something, there's often a temptation to, to problem-solve that feeling. We're probably unaware a lot of the time that so much of our behavior is actually driven towards changing the way we feel because we don't like a feeling. Eating, stressing, working, worrying, and sometimes even praying. I'm praying because I don't like the way I feel and I want God to change that feeling. Praying's good, but motive is everything. You can't get past motive. We're supposed to go to Him because we desire our relationship with our King. He's He's not the antidepressant. He's not the one that will just take this feeling away and then it's all better. He's the one where to go to because I want relationship with Him. And you really begin to learn, begin to realize the moments where I bring my feelings to Him have carved out some of the deepest encounters I've ever had with the Lord. And if you ask me to choose which one do I want, do I want that feeling just magically zapped because it's too hard and I don't want to feel this? Or do I want to go deep in the Lord and let Him into every little aspect of my life? I want that one. I want deeper with God. It's if Every time you feel something strong, just notice, what do I do with this? Practical. Remember I said every single day. This is practically what we can take home from this. Every time I have a feeling that I don't necessarily like or I'm not sure about... That is the invitation to process with Him over time until He gives you not only resolution, but He gives you insight and He gives you fathered and He gives you breakthrough in what you're thinking and feeling, not necessarily the thing changes. Guys, this is the Psalms. This is the model for the Psalms. The majority of Psalms, the highest number of Psalms are lament Psalms. Begins with Psalm number one, it begins with I'll obey you. It has to start at obedience. Lord, no matter what happens, I will obey you. No matter what happens, you are good. No matter what happens, I'm yours. I'm not complaining to the point of disregarding you. Begins in obedience. Then it works through the lament, the issue. Let's work through the issue. Lord, I don't know why this is happening. How come this happened? What's the go with that? Is it in me? Is it is it in you? Who's ever gone to the Lord with a problem and you spend long enough with him and you realize he's fathered you on an issue of your thinking and the problem wasn't the problem? Come on, be honest, people. Right? So often he's dealing with us. That's the process. That's the if we lose lament, we lose discipled and we lose fathered by him. Walk with him in that process. And where do do the Psalms end? What does Psalm 150 mean? Where where do the Psalms land? Doxology, praise. It starts with, I will obey you no matter what. It moves through, I'm not coming to you, God, because I want this solved. I'm like you're going to fix it. I'm coming to you because I want to know you and I want to understand you and I want to understand me and I want to understand what's going on. I'm coming to you for relationship, God. And then it lands, where does it land? Praise Him is worthy. We got to fight for that process in the age that we live in. It'll help us not get led by feelings, it'll help us not lose what feelings add to our relationship with the Lord. I think that's it. I think we've talked I've talked enough, but let's pray for that. That God Lord, you would just Father, we just pray that you would give us this. You would give us a new habit, Lord, like just a supernatural gift. Just new gift you would just give us a habit that whenever we feel something strong like a big feeling a big emotion lord that that would be we would receive that as an invitation to come and sit with daddy and to be real honest with you not to try and hide what we're feeling from you not to try and pray it away but to see it as a way where we're going to get to know you more and know ourselves more let every single time a feeling comes up let us no longer find anything good anything satisfying in the old ways we would process our feelings in going to the cupboard in going to the fridge in going to exercise to the gym in going to all these other things but let us leave that behind and let us go to you Lord, let our feelings be the thing that draw us deeper into you than ever before. And Lord, let us praise you because you're worthy. Let us praise you, praise you, praise you. You're so worthy. Jesus, you're so worthy. We love you. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name.